So now you got the pattern run. I'll probably break it sometime soon, but that's kind of the general plan most of the time. Uh, anyway, we're going to uh, spend a summer in the book of Proverbs, a, a summer in Proverbs, because in there we find wisdom that works. Uh, we'll be examining uh, wisdom's benefits. Uh, you won't, won't want to miss the Sunday, wisdom about sex. Uh, we'll put that on the sign. We may have an extra big crowd, don't you think, Paul? Yeah, Sunday. Wisdom about anger, wisdom about friendships, wisdom on the job, wisdom about our tongues, wisdom about our hearts. Today we begin with the theme, the theme of the book of Proverbs, and that's wisdom regarding fearing God. What's it mean to fear God? And since that's the theme of the verse, uh, if that's the general direction and what it's all about, we better understand what it's about. So uh, locate your Bibles if you haven't uh, already. Proverbs 1, verse 7, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and then later it says, and wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. And in Psalm 111, verses 10 and 11, Solomon's earthly father, and what was his name? Solomon's dad was... King David, uh, King David writes Psalm 111, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. Job 28, 28, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And in case we didn't catch it the first three times, Solomon repeats Proverbs 9 and verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So, what's it mean to fear the Lord? <laughs> are we supposed to be afraid? Are, Todd, are we supposed to run and hide every time there's a thunderstorm in case uh, he's mad at us, he's going to catch us? And uh, is God looking to ruin and make you miserable your life? What's it mean to fear the Lord? Today, uh, hopefully, you'll leave and you'll have an answer for that question. We're going to read the opening section, which is verses 1 to 7 of chapter 1 of Proverbs. And again, this is what it's all about. This is like the theme, and you've got to catch this, and that will make sense of the rest of the book. Let's stand together. We'll start with verse 1. We'll read on down through verse 7. Uh, let's out loud declare God's word together to one another. Here we go. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for uh, being active and alive, and as we sang, for being awesome. 
Lord, the fact that you uh, choose to love us and, and befriend us and want to have relationship with us, um, and yet we know how goofy and prone to wander we are, Lord, it, it's amazing that you show us that kind of patience, that kind of love that's lasting and enduring and unconditional. So uh, we rejoice in all that you've given us. We rejoice in the cross, the, the greatest demonstration of love. And uh, Lord, help us now to uh, become good students of your word. I, I pray especially, Lord, as we dig into Proverbs, that we'll begin to understand what it means to be wise. And I want to pray that for myself, and I want to pray that for each and every person here. Lord, make us hungry to be wise. I pray that as a church body, wisdom will flow from our minds, will, will flow in our, in our thinking. Lord, help us to be wise people. And, and we thank you for this time-tested book of wisdom. And Lord, uh, it's uh, tempting to want a quick and an easy fix, but I'm asking, Lord, that we might be willing to put in the time and the energy Lord, help us to do whatever it takes to allow wisdom to begin to take root in our hearts, in our minds, and our souls. And Lord, I suspect there are some here today who are right in the middle of a situation that needs lots of wisdom. I suspect, Lord, there are some here today and they're confused and their life in many ways is in chaos and they have lots of questions, and Lord, they need your answers. So I pray that even today you'll start a process where you'll begin to show them clearly what your wisdom has for them in that specific circumstance they're facing. Lord, do, do a great work. And uh, Lord, as always, we recognize um, we need to be ready and open to receive what it is you have for us today. So Lord... Uh, as a church, right now, we invite your son, Jesus, to come and be the king and the boss and the awesome God in this place. Would you do that? And uh, even more important, Lord, we invite you to come and take that place in each and every one of our lives. You, you be the, the awesome ruler of our very souls. And Lord, if there's anything that's preventing that, if there's anything that you call sin that's blocking and walling off you being able to come and take charge and sit on the throne of our lives, would you make that clear? And even as you make things clear right now that you call sin, Lord, help us not to excuse and ignore and deny and pretend. We're really good at that. But Lord, as you make things clear that you call sin, we're going to call it the same thing. And we're going to do the U-turn. We're not going to just lay there any longer. And we're going to get up and run to the cross. And we confess what you're making clear right now. We call it sin. And we're asking on the basis of the finished work of your son, Jesus Christ, on the cross, we're asking that you might wash and cleanse and tear down the wall. Remove the barrier between us and your son Jesus. We want to be back in right relationship with him. 
That's where real life happens. That's where good, lasting fruit occurs when we're in right relationship with your Son and His Spirit. May Jesus be lifted high in his church today. And all the church at Walloon set in agreement. You may be seated. Proverbs is ancient wisdom from long human experience. Think with me now. It's ancient wisdom from long humans. It's time-tested, but it's been endorsed and inspired by God himself. So this isn't just uh, some face on the TV offering you opinion and spin. This is God himself saying, this is my wisdom. This is something that I endorse and I've inspired. Now, you need to understand something. There are two types of wisdom in this world. And James chapter 1 shows us both types. If you want to, turn there. But in James 3 and verse 17 we're told that there is wisdom that's from above. Uh, there's wisdom that's from Jesus himself. It flows from his word. It flows from his spirit. Um, and Jesus gives wisdom to his people. But I want you to understand there's another type of wisdom. James 3 and verse 15 says there's wisdom that is earthly. In other words, there's wisdom that's unspiritual, and it's not from Jesus, and it is full of envy and selfishness. It's wisdom that James actually labels, are you ready? Demonic. <laughs> it's inspired by Satan and his demonic army, and it's kind of earthly, and it's kind of the wisdom that you're just naturally prone to grabbing a hold of. Now, here's what you need to know. Both types of wisdom are battling for your heart and your mind and your soul. At any given time, uh, both wisdoms are coming. Are, are you going to listen to the Lord and do it His way and line up your life according to His wisdom and His word? Or are you just going to do whatever comes to mind, what, whatever someone suggests, or, or maybe something that just is selfish and is self-serving. That's demonic. So at any given time, both types of wisdom are fighting for allegiance for your heart and mind and soul, and, and we just need to know that, okay? Both types of wisdom are battling, and unfortunately today, 2013, I, I think we have to be honest, it seems like the earthly wisdom is the predominant ruling type of wisdom that goes on today. So, so there is a type of wisdom that is kind of man's wisdom and it's demonic wisdom, um, but that certainly is not what the book of Proverbs is all about. Um, Jesus explains pretty well um, where this is at in Matthew chapter 7. You can turn there if you like. But there's this wonderful parable, if you will, Matthew 7, verses 24 to 27. And here's how he explains it. Everyone who has these words of mine the words of Christ, the Word of God, and puts them into practice is like the wise man. And what did the wise man build his life on? On the what? Yeah. And, and you do it like this, right? 
You want to do that with me? Build his house on the... Yeah. That's being wise. You're building your life on Jesus and his word and his wisdom. And then it says, when the storms of life come, that life is able to withstand the pounding. Think about it. When the storms of life come, and Todd, they come, they're coming. If, if you don't have a storm right now, are you ready for the forecast? It's coming. <laughs> so when the storms of life come, when you build your life on the wisdom and the words of Christ, you can withstand the storm. You can endure. It doesn't destroy you. And then he says, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like the foolish man who built his house on the, what is it? He, he built his house on the sand and the storms of life came because they come to everybody. And when the storms of life come and you haven't built your life on God's word and the words of Jesus, when the storms of life come, it says, that life, that house, fell with a great crash. <laughs> it didn't stand the test of trouble and difficulty. Uh, and, and you just need to know there's lots of lives being built on sand these days. Lots of lives are crashing and burning all around us. That's why we need to be wise, because when you see a life around you crash and burn, great opportunity to speak up about building your life on Jesus and His Word. The place where most people now are suddenly wide open to, to what it is Jesus offers is when their life crashes and burns. So in case you haven't caught that, that yet, be aware when people around you, people you love, people you work with, when their lives crash, be ready now to share. There is a life that can stand and endure the storms of life, and that's a life built on Jesus. Be ready to go missionary at those times. I mean, you don't come in and don't be rude, don't be obnoxious, but lovingly show them, hey, there is a life that can stand when storms hit. And that's built, a life built on Jesus. The book of Proverbs, think of it this way, it's a master's level course on building our lives on solid rock. It's really what it's all about. It, it's when the storms of life hit, how are you going to handle it? And if you have a life that's been built on God's Word, on God's wisdom, it's going to stand. And if you don't, Susan, it's not so good. It, it's, it's bad. Um, last thought before we dive in. Uh, this book is not a quick fix. Have you noticed, Julie? People today, we like, we like fixes, and I want it now. Make it easy. Make it simple. I want to do it in like five minutes, right, Myron? And, and, then, and then I can move on, and everything's fixed and, and fine and fun, and I can move on. This is not a quick fix. The book of Proverbs is something that has to slowly marinate in our hearts and lives. Those of you who like to, to barbecue, if you really want good meat, what do you got to do? You got to let it what? You got to let it marinate, right? 
You got to let it soak in the good stuff. And now you're going to have to let your, your mind and your heart and your soul and your will soak in the good stuff. Uh, and then it can slowly seep into your soul and take root in your mind. For decades, Billy Graham, listen closely, one of my heroes, has shared that he made it his habit to read one chapter of Proverbs every day. Every day, he said, for decades, I've, I've made it my habit, and whatever day of the week it is, what's today's date? June, what is it? 23rd? Okay, that means today I'm reading Proverbs chapter 23, which means tomorrow, Monday is the 24th, I'm going to read Proverbs chapter 24, and then on Tuesday, it's the 25th, what am I going to do? I'm going to read Proverbs chapter 25. And, and note, that means slowly, I'm not trying to read the whole book at once, but slowly, one chapter at a time, it starts to take root. I start to comprehend. I begin to remember. And, and suddenly now, wisdom starts to become a part of my life. It's just practical, and it's a wonderful way to learn how to thrive in a life and in a world filled with storms. And there's storms all around us. Here's my summer challenge to each of us, okay? I'm going to pick it up, so I'm going to get my hand up first, but here's my summer challenge. Will you today begin the process of letting wisdom take root? And, and it happens slowly, so here's my summer challenge. One proverb a day till the end of August. One chapter of Proverbs until the end of August. And Lord, I'm going to pray that until we get there, uh, 65, 70 days away, Lord, just start marinating my heart and my soul with your wisdom. Because it's not a quick fix, y'all. That doesn't happen that way. But Lord, by your grace, slowly I'm going to savor and I'm going to eat it up and turn these Proverbs around, and I want to see them take root in my heart, my mind, my soul. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand yet. I'll talk about that again at the end of the sermon. Okay? But that's going to be your summer challenge. Uh, are you willing to accept the challenge? Um, Todd, I, I dare you. Paul? Double dog dare. Okay? Big Ed, I might even go triple dog dare with you. Okay? Uh, Lord, make me a man of wisdom. And, and Lord, that doesn't just happen by itself. It, it's going to take effort. It's going to take a little work. It's going to take a little concentration. But Lord, make me a man, a woman of wisdom. Let's dig in, shall we? Verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. It tells us that the author and the collector, uh, we know that some of the Proverbs, it says, are Proverbs of so-and-so. So it seems that that. Solomon was the author of many and then the collector of these Proverbs. And it says, verse 1, look at it, I just want you to see, he's, he's the author and he's the king of Israel. The first king of Israel was Saul, and then you have David, and now David's boy, and his name is Solomon, son of King David. It's saying right from the start, listen closely, that this book is in the flow of biblical history. This isn't just a standalone, oh, there's nice practical stuff here. No, it's telling us this book leads us someplace. 
And we know that this book leads us to an ancestor of King David, an ancestor of Solomon, and his name is Jesus. That's, that's why that's there, verse 1. It's telling us this is in the biblical flow, and, and ultimately this is going to lead to Jesus Christ. So when you get to verse 7, listen close, it's the fear of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the beginning of wisdom. So, so don't miss that. He's telling us this is in the flow, and the whole thing in the, in the Old Testament, it's pointing somewhere, and it's pointing to Jesus and the cross. Okay? Now, verse 1, back to it. It says that these are the Proverbs of Solomon. What's a proverb? A proverb means to represent something in place of many words. Now, you can, you can tell a story and you can use a thousand words and try to explain it, or a proverb gives you a, a story in place of many words. And, and quickly now you realize, well, with 10 or 15 or 25 words, it's giving you a picture of life, and you get it without a lot of words. Or think of it this way, proverbs are little capsules of truth. They're, they're, they're granulated capsules of God's truth that are packed to teach us about life, okay? Some aspect of life is being taught as you read through this book. It provides benefits. When, when I follow and obey and listen, Andrew, benefits, right? You like benefits? I do. And then if you don't, if you ignore them, if you disobey, what are you going to get? Any thoughts? Consequences. Ugh, I don't like consequences, do you? Do you like it when you get grounded? You know, consequence. No, I hate that, don't you? So you want to pay attention and you want to listen, you want to learn, because I want the benefits, I don't want the consequences. Verse 2, for gaining wisdom and instruction for understanding words of insight. Wisdom is skill and expertise and competence in understanding how life works. You want to know how life works, Kev? You've you got to get in and find wisdom, and, and this book is chocked full of God's wisdom. It's learning how to achieve successful, Christ-honoring results and fruit in my life, in the way I live, in the way I speak, Perry, in, in the way I, I behave. That, that's what it's all about. Verse 3, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior. You almost have to have an English accent there. Doing what is right and just and fair. Okay? And the key word there in verse 3, look at it, is receive. Receive. Are, are you willing to humbly accept God's advice? I'm going to accept my way of thinking as being earthly, and I'm going to set it on the shelf. And Lord, I just want you to know I'm open to receiving your wisdom. Because the way I'm doing it, it's not working out so well. I am not wise on my own. Say that with me. I am not wise on my own. Now, some of you just lied because you really think you are. But you're not. That's earthly wisdom. The only wisdom that matters, biblical wisdom, only comes from Christ. On my own, we ain't got it. The best earthly advice you can find, it's just envious and selfish and demonic. 
So, so there's an agenda attached always to earthly wisdom. God's way is always better than all the other options. Eventually, i got to get to that point, and so do you. Lord, your way of thinking, your wisdom is better than any other option. Verse 4. For giving prudence to those who are simple. Knowledge and discretion to the young. Proverbs is beneficial for two types of people, according to verse 4. First group of people that need wisdom, are you ready? Are the young. It's our kids. Think about it. Okay, so our, our children, our grandchildren, they need wisdom. So, so here's my question, mom and dad. J-Lo, Laura, uh, are, are you teaching your children how to be wise? Are you helping them dig into the book and learn to navigate God, God's Word into their lives? If that's not happening, then you're not following verse 4. Again, it's for the young, and the young need to be taught. You don't just get it on your own. Think about it. We don't just get wisdom. We have to be taught. And the place of teaching is what? It's God's Word. That, that's where wisdom is found. The, the source of wisdom has given us His book so we can be wise. And it's His Spirit in conjunction with His Word, Peter, that brings wisdom. Okay? Second group of people who need wisdom is those who are simple. <laughs> simple. Simple people. Um, you could translate this naive. Uh, people who don't know any better. Um, and the truth is, and you won't like this, but I'm going to say it anyway, um, the truth is we're all in that category. We just don't like to admit it. Because um, the only way you're not going to be simple and naive is by learning who Jesus is and then having his wisdom flow from your life. So really what he's saying is the second group of people Proverbs is for is, is those who haven't walked with Jesus long. Or maybe you've walked with Christ a long time, but you've never grown much. Those who are still shallow and in kindergarten and preschool in their faith in Jesus Christ is really how you could say it here. It's for those who are brand new and they need to be trained by God's Word. Okay? And now some of you, you've been in church for decades, right? You're feeling pretty good, right? I already got it, okay? I think, I think I'm good. I think I'm pretty wise already because I've been a Christian now for 20, 30, 40. Anybody? 60, 70? You could go on. Uh, and I've walked with Jesus, so I'm doing good. Verse 5, here's, here's, here's the kicker. Are you ready? This is for you. And, 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 and let the wise listen. And add to their learning. Let the discerning get guidance too. Um, seasoned veterans in Jesus, you need to keep growing is what it says. Uh, you're, you're not, you haven't arrived. You, you might think you have, but you need to mature in Christ too. So I don't care how long you've walked with Christ, you need to stay fresh and relevant. And what he's saying is that happens by study of the book. A hunger for wisdom. Okay? So stay humble and keep learning. Jeff, sometimes what happens is we've walked with Christ for a long time, and now we say, I think I can coast for a while. I, I think I've arrived. 
I think I'm doing pretty good. I don't think I have to work it. No, no, verse 5, stay humble, stay fresh, mature veteran in Christ, because if you don't, you're going to go back and you're going to be simple and you're going to be young pretty quick. Because if you're not moving forward in Christ, what are you doing? Is there anything about, can you just tread water? Uh, no, you're, if you're not moving forward, you're doing what? You're going backward. That's true for all of us. Verse 6, for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and the riddles of the wise. Um, here, here's the picture I get from verse 6. You ready? Okay. We're, we're at a campfire right now, and uh, we're sitting around a campfire, and uh, we've already put the some more stuff away. Um, and now, suddenly, stepping up around your campfire is the smartest, the wisest, the most insightful people who've ever lived. And now for the next two hours, they're just going to share their wisdom with you. And, and, and they just start talking. You can't believe, and you're writing it down, and, and you're soaking it in. And, and think about, in your mind, the smartest, the wisest, the most insightful people ever to live. And, and they're just sharing with you. You know, and suddenly you realize they're going to keep talking. It's, it's been two hours, but they're still talking. Are you going to bed? No way. No way. I don't care. It's worth it. This is the best. That's what we have in the book of Proverbs. We have the best. We have the best, the wisest, the smartest, the most insightful wisdom ever stood the test of time, endorsed by God, inspired by Christ, and now it's available. What do you see you telling us? Soak it in. <laughs> Eat it up. This is good. And I just want you to think about it. The book of Proverbs is your own little campfire, and the smartest, the wisest, the most insightful people ever, they're going to be your personal life coaches. Think about it. They're going to coach you now throughout the summer. Sounds good. Sign me up. And now we arrive at the verse. Drum roll, please. This is what they did all week long in day camp. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of what it means to be wise. But, here's the contrast, look at it, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So, let, let me just say, the fear of the Lord is not terror or dread of the Lord God. It never has been. That's not the idea. And some people mistakenly believe that I have to be afraid and run because the Lord is angry at me and he's trying to make me miserable and I just need to run away from all that Jesus Bible stuff. That's not the fear of the Lord. It's not what it is. You ready? Here's what the fear of the Lord is. If you're taking notes, here's, here's the key in the meat. It's willing to say, Jesus... I surrender my life to your plan and your purpose for me because I'm afraid to live any other plan or any other purpose other than what you have in mind for me. Think about it. Lord, you have a plan, you know what you're doing, and I don't get it, so I'm going to do it your way, and all the other options are off the table. I have such awe and respect and reverence for you and your book. That's what I want in my life. 
and, and I'm going to say no to everything else because I love you and I believe in you and I have such awe and respect to what you have to say to me. That's the fear of the Lord. Lord, I lay everything down on your altar and it's all yours. My work, my family, my money, my time, everything. I'm just going to lay it down and it's yours on your altar. That's the fear of the Lord. Lord, I've tried it every other way and that doesn't work, so now it's yours. And I'm going to do it according to your book and however you instruct me here, count me in. Count me in. That's the fear of the Lord. <laughs> Here's how Andy Stanley put it. He says, uh, the fear of the Lord is saying, whatever you ask of me, Jesus, the answer is yes. That's the fear of the Lord. I don't even know what the question is right now, but whatever you ask, the answer is yes. Suddenly now, the fear of the Lord has started to take root in your heart, in your mind. You've got to get to the point where, Lord, I, I'm that desperate for you. I need you that much in my life. So my family, my career, my money, my marriage, my hobby, my time, it's all yours, and whatever you want to do with it, it's yours. And, and as you show me in your book, I'm good with it. Hmm. The fear of the Lord is coming to the point in your life, in my life, where my fear and reverence for Jesus and his word is greater than my fear of anything else. You see, some of you here today, you're more afraid of other things than you are of Jesus and his word. And the fear of the Lord is getting to the point where you say, you know what? This is what has more awe and respect and reverence for me than anything else. This is number one. And everything else is secondary to this. My fear, my reverence for you and your book, it's above everything else in life. Listen to this quote. This is C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity. In God, you come up against something which in every respect, in every respect, is immeasurably superior to yourself. Unless you know God as that, and therefore know yourself as nothing in comparison, you don't know God at all. As long as you are proud, you cannot know God. A proud man is always looking down on things and people, and of course, as long as you're looking down, you cannot see something that's above you. Real knowledge starts with God. Real knowledge starts with Jesus Christ and then moves towards us in grace by his word. That's what real knowledge. Wise people respect, revere, are in awe of the Lord. And Lord... I just want you to know I'm yours. I'm a blank check. And now I want you to see what the alternative to that is. Go back to verse 7. Last part of verse 7. Here's the alternative. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Fools say, you know what? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, they despise Jesus and his instruction. They despise God's word. It, it literally means, are you listening? To despise something means to have contempt for God's word, for the wisdom of Christ. I don't need it. I don't want it. I don't need your instruction. I don't want to put my life in alignment with your book. No, thank you. I'm fine on my own. Thank you very much. 
That's the alternative. And today, Pastor Bob, post-Christian environment, that's where most people are today. That's where our world is. Um, I'll make up my own wisdom. I'll decide for me what's true and what's not true. Um, I don't need any instruction for my life. I'll just figure it out as I go. And how's that going today in America? How's that going for us? By almost every measure, Perry, by almost every measure, the storms of life are hitting and their lives are going splat. We have an alternative, and it is despising wisdom, despising God's instruction, but that's not going so well. And some of you have been trying it that way, and some of you have been saying, why isn't this working out? Are you ready? Here's the answer. Because you haven't taken up God's way. Because you haven't decided to do it according to God's wisdom and the wisdom of Christ in your life. A few questions as we draw to a close. Um, first question is this. What do you fear more than you fear the Lord? Think on that just for a moment. What do you fear more than you fear Jesus? And whatever's coming to your mind right now, right now, that, that's your master. That's what's got a hold of you. Whatever you fear more than you fear Jesus and living in awe and respect for his word and his wisdom, whatever that is in your mind right now that you fear more, that right now is, is your God. Are you unwilling to surrender your, your time, your money, your career, your marriage? What do you fear more than your God? <laughs> here's, here's the challenge. Are you ready? Jesus, I just want you to look at me right now today and, and know I'm a blank check. And, and I'm open, and now you come and write on my life whatever it is you have in mind for me. And, and I'm going to open myself up today, and I'm going to get up tomorrow, and I'm going to do the same thing. Are you ready? That's where the fear of the Lord begins. That's what it takes to acquire wisdom. You've you got to get to the point where you're saying, okay, Lord, I'm open. All the other options, they're not working out so well. They're off the table. It's whatever you want for me. And that's the fear of the Lord that he's looking for. And I'm just telling you, that's where wisdom starts. Because until you're at that point, you think you got the answers on your own. You, you think you got it okay. I got my own wisdom. I'm doing fine. The Lord loves us enough, Myron. The Lord loves us enough that he says, you know what? I, I don't want you living that way. The storm of life is going to come along and you are going to splat. I love you so much that I've given you my, my wisdom. I've given you my knowledge. I've given you my instruction. And now I'm ready to work. But it starts with an attitude that says, whatever you want, whatever you want. Here's, here's uh, what Mr. Beaver said in Lion, Witch, and Wardrobe. You know, you're aware with that? Here, here's what Mr. Beaver said. And he's talking about Aslan, which is Jesus. And here's what he said. Safe? Who said anything about safe? Because he isn't safe. But he's good. He's the king, I'll tell you. And he's good. And that's true. He, he's describing this following Jesus stuff. 
It, it isn't safe. If you're looking for safe, it's not about Jesus because he's not safe. But here's what I want you to know. He's good. And he loves you. And he's ready to work and do good stuff in your life. But it starts by saying, whatever, I'm open. I'm a blank check. Lord, you fill in whatever you want to do in my life. That's where wisdom begins. Are you ready to receive it today? Bow your heads. Shut your eyes. What have you been holding back? <laughs> what have you been fearing more than Jesus? Would you just pause for a moment now and invite the Lord to show you? Because he's ready and willing to show you.